So this is from Luke chapter 22, verses 54 to 62. It says, Then seizing him, they led him away and took him into the house of the high priest. Peter followed at a distance. But when they had kindled a fire in the middle of the courtyard and had sat down together, Peter sat down with them. A servant girl saw him seated there in the firelight. She looked closely at him and said, This man was with him. Then, he, But he denied it. Woman, I don't know him, he said. A little later, someone else saw him and said, You also are one of them. Man, I am not, Peter replied. About an hour later, another asserted, Certainly this fellow was with him, for he is a Galilean. Peter replied, Man, I don't know him. I don't know what you're talking about. Uh, just as he was speaking, the rooster crowed. The Lord turned and looked straight at Peter. Then Peter remembered the word the Lord had spoken to him. Before the rooster crows today, you will disown me three times. And he went outside and wept bitterly. This is the word of the Lord. Thank you, Steve. Hey, y'all may be seated. Yeah, hey, I'm, I'm Scott. I'm also a second service guy. So this is pretty intense for me. Um, that's a pretty heavy scene, and we're going to get into it in, in just a minute. But I do want to say this. This Kurt asked me to preach today, and I want to tell you something. You have a wonderful pastor. Man, Kurt is a wonderful pastor. He's a wonderful <laughs> preacher. And I love being able to say he's my preacher. All right? Kurt is my preacher. I want you to know that Kurt is my preacher. My only problem with Kurt is, is this. <laughs> it breaks my heart, really. I have to look at him several times during the week, but... um. It's his hair, you know, my word. I mean, but, you know, what, what are you going to do, right? Right. Pr pretty intense scene, what was just happening. Okay, Jesus has been arrested. Uh, these people that are wanted, they've been wanting not just to arrest Jesus, they want to kill Jesus. you got this pretty intense scene, and you've got all this zeal going around about this arrest, about now we're, we're going to kill him. Uh, you got uh, the military is all around because they're always around Jerusalem, trying to make sure the crowd does not get out of control. And then you have this, the disciples have scattered. And now Peter has denied him three times. I want us to look at that last couple of verses that uh, Steve read for us. It says, the Lord turned and looked straight at Peter. Man, it's like the Lord looked right at Peter. And then Peter remembered what the Lord had spoke to him. When the, before the rooster crows three times, you will disown me three times. And he went outside and he wept bitterly. That's a heavy moment. Put yourself in, in Peter's shoes. The Lord turned and, and looked at him. Depending on your background, probably uh, if you grew up in a real strict uh, 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 church background, or maybe you grew up in a really strict family, uh, you've got an image of what that look is on Jesus' face looks like. Uh, if you came from that strict background, probably you see Jesus looking at Peter just... I knew it. Or, or it's this disgusted look or disappointed. Truth is, we, we really don't know. I've I got an idea about it, and we're going to come back to that in, in just a few minutes. But what we do know is how Peter reacted. It says, then Peter remembered 
the word the Lord has spoken to him. Before the rooster crows, three, you'll disown me three times. And here's how he reacted. He went outside and he wept bitterly. This, this is not a gentle, oh my gosh, what have I done? This is not off in secret. I'm just crying softly. No, this is a violent, like if you look at this word, this is like a, a violent cry. Man, this is all that. I can't believe it. I've disappointed in myself kind of cry. This is Peter. I mean, last week we, we, we heard preached about Peter walking on water. I mean, he stepped out of the boat. And yes, he started to sink, but he stepped out of the boat. He had enough faith in Jesus to step out. And this is Peter, who, who when Jesus said, hey, who do people say I am? They say, you know, you're, you're John the Baptist or Elijah, you know, one of the prophets, whatever. He said, but who do you say I am? He says, you're the Christ. He's the first one to say this. You're the Christ. You're the son of the living God. And Jesus said, you know what, Peter, your name is Peter. And upon this rock, I will build my church and the gates of hell will not overcome it. it this is Peter. And Peter wept bitterly. You know why he wept bitterly? Because up to this point, he had passionately followed Jesus. Man, he passionately loved Jesus. I mean, you can see it throughout the, the Gospels. I mean, if, if you see Jesus, you typically hear Peter. I mean, if you see Jesus, you, you typically see Peter. And now he's weeping bitterly. He was confident in his relationship with Jesus. Look at this exchange between Jesus and, and Peter. And listen to Peter's confidence in himself. Jesus says, Simon, Simon, Satan has asked to sift all of you as wheat. Listen to this phrase. But I have prayed for you. But I have prayed for you, Simon, that your faith may not fail. And when you have turned back, strengthen your brothers. But he replied, listen to this confidence. Lord, I am ready to go with you to prison and to death. And Jesus answered, I tell you, Peter, before the rooster crows today, you will deny me three times that you know me. I will go to prison and to death with you. He couldn't even stay with him at the arrest. And then in the crowd, he denied even knowing him. But it's important church for us to remember these words in this section where it says and when you've turned back and he's talking to Peter and when you have turned back strengthen, strengthen your brothers how do you turn back from that I mean it's not like you stole a piece of gum you know probably raise your hand if you've ever stolen a piece of gum raise your hand if you've ever lied you're lying about stealing a piece of gum all right it's not like he stole gum from the store. You know, it's, he did not know the one that he truly and, and passionately loved. And he is so disappointed and even devastated by his own actions. Have you ever been there? Have you ever been disappointed in your own actions? Have you ever been devastated? 
by the things you said, the things you did, the things you thought, and you passionately love Jesus. Then you know we've all said, "Man, Lord, I'm right here with you. I'm never gonna, I'm never gonna go into the valley." And man, I, that's usually a telltale sign. Man, we're in the valley. Been there. Put yourself in Peter's shoes. Can you imagine the self-talk? Maybe you've had these kind of thoughts. You're failure. What a failure. Man, I was like, Peter probably thinking, he's the number one disciple, you know? Man, what a failure I am. I'm, I am not worthy. Man, Jesus must be so disappointed in me. I'm a fake. You ever thought these things about yourself? I'm, I'm unforgivable. This morning, this may be where some of us are. This morning, this, this may have described you to a point. But let me say this. What Jesus is going to do for Peter, he does for all of us. I, I want you to see this. We're, we're going to walk through this. And what you see Jesus doing for Peter, he is doing for you and will do for you. So let's look at this. Let's watch what Jesus does. Now, after the resurrection, so Jesus is crucified, he's dead, and he's buried, and he rises again. And after the resurrection, uh, the ladies go to the tomb, and they want to prepare him for burial. But there's a, an angel, and it says a young man uh, sitting there. And here's what he says. But go tell his disciples, and then what does it say? And Peter. Go, go tell his disciples, and Peter. He is going ahead of you in the Galilee. There you will see him just as he told you. Hey, go tell the disciples and Peter. Well, if you tell the disciples, you've, you've told Peter, right? Look at this extra tension. Look at this intentionality that Jesus as this angel makes sure that he tells these ladies and these ladies tell the disciples and they tell Peter. It's almost this extra attention, this extra grace. Now, if you know anything about Peter and you've read through, through the Gospels, and, and Kurt even said something like this, Peter always has a way of inserting himself in every conversation in the, new, in the Gospels. He just can't stop talking. And sometimes he just needs to. I'm, that's me sometimes. All right? Or, or he just puts himself in the middle of the story. By what he says or, or what he does. Very vocal. He just can't be quiet and he cannot not be seen. Except for this period, this in between, denying Christ, and in a few moments, this conversation he has with Christ, several days go by. And Peter's pretty much quiet. In the background, or maybe just even absent. Go tell the disciples and Peter, the angel said. The Lord sent an angel to tell the ladies to go tell Peter. You've been in this place, and maybe you're in this place today. And let, me, let me say this. You know what? The Lord's probably has sent people to you, right? 
the Lord has sent people to you in your past. He's probably sent somebody to you recently. Maybe it was a relative. Maybe it was a, a church member. Maybe it was a, a growth group member. Maybe a, a member of Celebrate Recovery. Maybe uh, someone on your ministry team. Maybe a neighbor. Maybe a friend. Maybe a middle-aged preacher with gray hair, right? <laughs> but the Lord has sent someone to you. Because he wants you to know what he wants to do for you. He's not written you off. No, the Lord has sent someone. Now watch how Peter responds when he hears this news after being told. He is not here. He is risen. Remember how he told you while he was still with you in Galilee. The Son of Man must be delivered over to the hands of sinners. Be crucified on the third day. Be raised again. The ladies are telling the disciples and Peter. It says, then they remembered his words. And when they came back from the tomb, they told all these things to the eleven and all to the others. It was Mary Magdalene, Joanna, Mary the mother of James, and the others with them who told this to the apostles. But they did not believe the women because their words seemed like nonsense. Hey, he's risen from the dead. Oh, okay. Even though they had been told this. Peter, however, got up, and this is so Peter, and ran to the tomb. And he ran to the tomb. And bending over, he saw the strips of linen lying by themselves, and he went away wondering to himself what had happened. Let's fast forward a few more days. Peter stands up one day and says, you know, I'm going fishing. Basically, you know, it sounds like I'm going back to the way things were before Jesus. I'm going back. And you know what the disciples say? Hey, we'll go with you. And you know what? And while they're fishing, Jesus is on the shore on this beach, and he, they're having problems fishing. He says, throw your nets out on the other side. They immediately knew that it was Jesus. And Peter puts on his coat, his cloak, you know, and tucks it in, all right? And uh, I don't know why, because he's, he's he says he swam to shore. Why would you put on your cloak, you know, and tuck it in? I wonder if Peter thought, hey, you know what? I walked before, you know? But it says he swam to the shore. Can we picture this scene for a minute? Jesus. Peter's coming up out of the water. And we wonder what words are spoken. Can I be honest with you right now? This is where the Bible's frustratingly quiet. Because it doesn't tell us about that exchange. It, it doesn't tell us what was, what was said. All we know is that he helped the, the, the disciples at some point with the, the miraculous load of fish. And then Jesus cooks the fish and he serves them and eats with them. And then we get this conversation with Peter and Jesus. And the last time we know that Peter and Jesus spoke, minus this quiet scene that we don't know what happened, was when Peter denied him three times. When they had finished eating, Jesus said to Simon Peter, Simon, son of John, do you love me more than these? And Yes, Lord, you know that I love you. And some think that he was talking about the disciples around him. Some think he was talking about the fishing gear. And, you know, there's all kind of theories about this. And there's different uses that Jesus used for the word love here. But I want, I want to just read through this and, and see what Jesus offers Peter. 
Simon, son of John, do you love me more than these? Yes, Lord, he said. You know that I love you. Jesus said, feed my lambs. Again, Jesus said, Simon, son of John, do you love me? He answered, yes, Lord, you know that I love you. Jesus said, take care of my sheep. The third time he said to him, Simon, son of John, do you love me? Peter was hurt because Jesus had asked him this third time. He said, do you love me? He said, Lord, you know all things. You know that I love you. Feed my sheep. Three times, Peter denied Jesus. And three times, and Peter got to tell Jesus he loved him. Now, what's missing for me for this conversation are these words. Jesus, forgive me. I denied you. You told me it was going to happen, and you know what? And I denied you. And we don't hear these words. You know what, my child? Your sins are forgiven. We don't, we don't see that. What, what we do know is Jesus went to Peter, showed up on the shore, and we know this. Peter ran slash swam to Jesus. Can you imagine the look on Jesus' face when he sees Peter walking out of the water? Can you imagine the joy? Can you imagine this like expectant hope that, hey, he's been waiting for this? Can you imagine the look on his face? I, I bet it was a, the same look of compassion when, when Peter denied him. He didn't look at him with judgment. He didn't look at him with disappointment. He didn't look at him with disgust. No, I guarantee you, based on what we're going to see, when Peter denied him, oh, there was compassion. More than compassion, there was empathy. Because you know why? Jesus has been praying. Remember this? Jesus has been praying for Peter. And he sent word to Peter via an angel and via the ladies. Can you imagine the look of sheer joy on Jesus' face as he watches Peter jump in the water, you know, and with that heavy cloak on and, and swim across and come up out of the water? You know what it reminds me of? Prodigal son. You know, you know the story. I mean, he's feeding the pigs. His life is at the bottom of the pit. You know, you know what I'll do? I'll go back and I'll say, Father, I've sinned against you in heaven. You know, I'll, I'll be your servant. And the father saw him and he didn't get to say anything. The father tackled him. Just tackled him, hugged him, kissed him. Can you imagine Peter's look? I'm here, Lord. Part of me likes to think that Peter walked out of the water and he looked at Jesus and went, and Peter went, I mean, Jesus went, yeah, yeah, I know. Just covered in, in grace. And remember that statement Jesus said? And when you have turned back, strengthen your brothers. Guess who's turned back? Peter. And you know what Jesus has done? He's reinstated him. He's restored him. He, he took away the shame and he's covered him with grace. He, he's restored his identity. He is, hey, he is a co-heir with, with Christ. He's restored him to his original purpose he had before he denied Jesus. And I want you to understand, Peter's denial did not change Jesus' love or his purpose for Peter. Not one bit. 
And let's be honest, that's not comfortable, is it? Peter denied Jesus, denied ever knowing him. One translation said even threw curses down when he talked about it. There's part of us, if we're honest, that said this is not right and this is not fair. You know what this is called? This is called grace. And this is called grace. And you know what? The math of grace never adds up. For the wages of sin is what? Death. Sin equals death. But sin plus Jesus equals grace. Equals forgiveness. Millions of sins plus the act of Jesus equals forgiveness every time every time so the questions are like how and why Hebrews 4.15 says we do not have a high priest who's unable to empathize unable we don't have a high priest in Jesus who's unable to empathize with our weaknesses but we have one who has been tempted in every way and yet is without sin Empathize. Now, the, the English translation of empathize is they understand and they share the feelings of another. In, in, the, in the Greek, you really got two words coming together, and we don't have a good word that expresses this, but it's a combination of words. And what it really means is that Jesus comes along beside us, runs to us, and co-suffers with us. When Peter is suffering and weeping bitterly, when you and I have sinned and, man, the grief is harder than we think we can bear, you're not alone. You're not carrying it alone. You're not suffering alone. You know what? You've got a co-sufferer in Jesus who is with you. And many of us have tried to run and hide when we've fallen back into sin. And I'm going to tell you, it's impossible because in that suffering, and maybe you've hidden and you've shut a door and you think you're all by yourself, guess who's with you? Jesus. He's there and he's suffering with you. And don't feel guilty about that. Listen, he wants to be there. He's able to, to uh, identify with the temptation of that, even though he's never sinned. He's drawn to us in our sin. And maybe you've... Bought a lie somewhere that God and sin cannot coexist. Well, the, the New Testament, the Bible, blows that lie apart. Jesus could not have come into this world if that were true. He is more than compassionate. He runs to us in our sin. Dane Orland uh, said this, He cannot bear to hold himself at a distance. Nothing can hold him back. His heart is too bound up with ours. So what does Jesus change here? Probably changes the way Peter thinks about Jesus. He changes the way you and I think about Jesus. We can think of God as exasperated with us and ready to throw in the towel with us. I like what Tyler Staten said. He says, our problem is we don't really realize how much God loves us. And therefore find it very difficult to experience this. Jesus is with you. Even in your sin. Jesus is with you. Even while you're sinning. Let me ask you this question. 
Where are you in following Jesus today? Peter passionately followed Jesus. And then he followed Jesus at a distance. And then he denied even knowing Jesus. And then he was left alone in just utter grief, weeping bitterly. Where are you this morning in your walk with Jesus? Maybe it's just a passionate walk, man. You're you're closer to Jesus than, than you ever have been. Great. Or maybe you've started following at a distance. Maybe the idea of what people think about you and walking with Jesus, or maybe you're distracted by the world, you're distracted by the job, you're distracted by the family, distracted by sin, whatever it may be. Maybe, maybe that's where you are. Or maybe you've denied him. And maybe you didn't deny knowing him, but maybe you've denied him to some part of your life. Maybe it's a secret sin. And man, you, and if it is, you know the one I'm talking about. And I'm going to tell you, Jesus has been wanting to set you free from that. But for some reason, we don't want to let it go. Maybe you've denied him that part. Maybe you've denied serving him. And you know, it's easy to buy this lie in this Christian culture here in America that you can follow Jesus and not serve him, but that's not true. I mean, you can tell a follower of Jesus because they serve Jesus. Or maybe it's finances. Maybe you've, you're trying to let him have everything in your life, but, but your finances. Or maybe you're so devastated and disappointed in yourself Maybe you're not weeping bitterly because not everybody's criers. But you're thinking to yourself, I am a failure. I am not worthy. He has to be so disappointed in me. There's no way he could forgive me. Jesus is looking at you. He's looking at you with so much compassion. He's looking at you with, with so much empathy. He's looking at you with that exact same look he had for Peter. Empathy, compassion, longing to restore you, longing to, to heal you, longing to forgive you, longing to, to right that relationship. He, he's, he's looking at you. He wants to take that shame and replace it with grace. And remember what he said to Peter? But I prayed for you, Simon, that your faith may not fail. That's true for each of us. You've, your whole life, you've had people praying for you. You know, your grandmothers and mothers and fathers and aunts, uncles, pastors, growth group members, step study members, all that stuff. Can I tell you who's praying for you right now? Jesus is praying for you right now. Like, I, I am 100% confident. It's, it's not on the screen, but in Hebrews 7.25, it says, Therefore, he is able to save completely those who come to God through him. Because, listen, because he, Jesus, always lives to intercede for them. Right now, think about this. Jesus is calling you, your name, before the Father. He is interceding that, that God's kingdom of love and peace and, and justice and that his will would be done. He's praying that for you. 
Jesus is praying for you. And I guarantee you, as he's looking at you now, he has this look of hopeful expectation that you will come and let him restore you. So what would you, what do we do? Let's then approach God's throne of grace with confidence. You know why we can be confident? Because Jesus, the work he's done, the, the death he died, and the fact that he is resurrected. Let's go to the God's throne of grace with confidence so that we may receive mercy and find grace to help us in our time of need. So what do we do today? Just come back to Jesus. J jump in the water. Swim. Run. You know what? Stay where you are right here as far as physically. But man, Jesus is looking at you. Man, he has sent word to you. He has been praying for you. And now the last part is just up to you. Just go back to Jesus and let him restore you. In just a moment, the, the prayer team's going to be here. You know, I'm going to be right over here. I'll, I'll be glad to pray with you. But I want you to stand with me. I want you to come back to Jesus.